What's up, everyone, and welcome to Beer Breakdown, where we dig into the stories behind some of our favorite L.A. beers with the brewers that brew them. And today, I'm joined by Nick Bortolin, head brewer at 14 Cannons. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, what up, Gary? Thanks for having me. Yeah, how's everything going? You know, as best as they can be going right now. We're still pumping out some beers and Cannon beer and delivering a lot of beer, so we're hanging in there. Nice. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to... Uh, join me on this today. For anyone that doesn't know 14 Cannons, who are you guys? What are you all about? We are one of the newer breweries in Westlake Village, so pretty North LA on the 101 up by Thousand Oak. We're actually a showroom for the Marshall Group is how this beast got started. So they're a general construction company that specializes in building breweries. So what that means for us is I get all the best toys, all the, <laughs> the fun uh, equipment to play on because the Marshall Group would like to be able to replicate any scale size brewery that they, you know, that a customer wants to build. So we have just incredible technology packed into a little 2,000 square foot former office building here. Nice. And in terms of the styles of beer you like to create or your kind of philosophy on what you're pouring at the tap room, like what is your approach there? I think one thing that we've kind of become known for is just the first word is clean. You know, we make some lagers and they all are clean. Uh, we make a lot of different ales. We want them to be clean. Our IPAs are all West Coast IPAs and we'll talk about Transite today and how uh, you know we like a clean West Coast IPA. I know just from talking to you in the past, like you have experience brewing in, you know, different parts of the world and, and you know, specifically, I think you were talking about Czech Republic before, so. Yeah. Yeah, I was Talk about that, like to, what's that experience yeah. like and kind of how does it translate into what you're doing now? Yeah, the, the Czech Republic thing was uh, studying abroad in college. So I was a home brewer all through college before I you know, made the transition to professional brewer. And that's what really got me into like, oh man, like beer is this amazing culture over there. They basically invented the Pilsner, if you will. So I was just really enthralled with the culture of being over there. and. When I came back to the States after studying abroad, it was like, I need to take this homebrew thing a little more seriously. And then found myself, you know, I found a, a job, entry level job down in San Diego and the rest is history and here we are. When it comes to like brewing, like what you learned there, kind of brewing in the Czech Republic and brewing some of these, you know, classic styles of beer, is there anything that kind of you took away from a like foundational educational perspective that maybe if you just started as a home brewer here, in Los Angeles and kind of worked your way up and started your own brewery. Like, what do you think the difference is that that like education in that area brought for you? Aside from just the camaraderie of it, like over there, beer is cheaper than water. So it was, you know, seven cents for a pint of beer or a buck for a bottle of water. So it was more of like, this is a really important part of daily life. It's not just to imbibe and go nuts. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it is, it is a lot of fun over there too though. But really learning about the water uh, styles over there, just the really soft water over there to make these incredible laws was a huge focus when we were building 14 cannons is how are we gonna mimic this, you know, water style using LA water that's not, you know, LA is not known for the best mountain crystal clear drinking water like some other breweries <laughs> like to advertise. So we invested heavily in a really robust like RO system, a reverse osmosis system. And so every single one of our beers here at 14 Cannons, that's where the recipe starts is with the water. So every beer has its own water recipe. And you know, that's not groundbreaking technology for the brewing industry, but on our scale, we're pretty proud of, you know, every time we come up with a new recipe, we sit down and we talk about the water first. And I think that's what, you know, helps us get those clean styles and really, you know, 
successfully so far mimic Czech and German beers. Yeah, that's awesome. I think a lot of people, casual beer enthusiasts, like doesn't think about that. And even myself, like I understand this and I talk to brewers that mention this a lot. And when I'm drinking a beer, it's I forget about the water because it's so right. fundamental and background to like the big hop flavors that you're tasting that like you don't think about, you know, obviously there's a mouthfeel effect um, on the water. But I mean, that, that that plays through in how you experience flavor and aroma, too. So, yeah, it just like flies under the radar for me all the time. And I always have to constantly remind myself, like, what is the water? doing here or like what what did what was the brewer trying to do with the water here and if i'm drinking two of the same styles of beer with maybe similar recipes like does water play the difference between why this one is wildly different than the other uh I totally think it's could a yeah part of beer i think yeah and it's something that we don't talk about a lot you know in yeah. a forum like this so yeah i think maybe i should just start a new show that just talks only about water and <laughs> and salt and the different minerals that go into right. building water. mineral LA yeah right <laughs> so I'd be remiss to talk about you and 14 cannons without mentioning the gorgeous tap room that you have that you're sitting in right now um, I don't know I, I think it's the most unique place to drink beer in a brewery in Los Angeles like it's just so cool can you just describe the room that you're sitting in and kind of what it's all about? Yeah, it's all about being below deck on a ship in the 1700s. And again, huge shout out to the Marshall Group for designing this place. I mean, it is, I, I agree with you, the most unique taproom environment around. It's all reclaimed wood. Everything in here is reclaimed from the furniture to the bar top, the copper bar top. Everything is reclaimed and just totally unique setting. And you know, when you do walk in, you see you walk into that wood wall that hides all the tanks behind me. And then when you turn that corner and you just see that row of tanks, you know, that layout that our architect did is just stunning. And so it's a it's a pretty, you know, big first impression when you walk in here. Yeah, I think that anyone who'd seen the building used as an office before you guys were built out is probably like, how did this even happen? Like, how does a brewery yeah. even fit here? Like, that's crazy. Right. This was the Marshall Group office. Uh, so this was the construction office. And that's why we are hidden in the industrial park that we're in. But yeah, from the outside, you would never guess that when you open the door, this is what you're getting. And then on top of that, you know, we want everyone to be comfortable in here. So we've gone to great lengths to make sure that uh, we have a very comfortable vibe for anyone that wants to come enjoy our beer. Yeah, it's super cool. I mean, anyone watching that hasn't been to 14 Cannons, when the time comes and everyone's opened up again, um, definitely you want to put that at the top of your list once we're able to go back and have a pint there. Just from lighting and the ambiance and everything there is just, it's a really magical experience. And from a consumer drinker experience, like it's awesome. But for you, like going to work day in, day out, like, you know, you could be working in just a plain old industrial, you know, square, you know, rectangle box, um, sure. or you're working there. Does it have any effect on you these days? Yeah, every day when I walk in, it's still just a joy to walk into something that looks so cool. I mean, when we open to the public, none of these fluorescent lights are on. Like you said, we have all the mood lighting going on. So, you know, sometimes we'll turn on the mood lighting of the tanks when we're brewing and we'll light the tanks up and, you know, we would like to joke that that, you know, helps the yeast perform a little better when we give them some nice mood lighting. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just be able to do stuff like that just, you know, makes the atmosphere of working here great as well. You mentioned in the beginning, your 
uh, showroom for the Marshall Group, which allows yeah. you access to a lot of equipment and gear that a brewery your size typically don't see. Um, can you talk right. maybe about like one or two of your favorite pieces that you're like, I feel really lucky to have this? Absolutely. Uh, so we touched on the RO unit already, but we do have a centrifuge that's really robust here. So again, with the cleanness and the West Coast focus of our beers, um, they all are centrifuge, so they're clarified. The centrifuge has inline carbonation, which allows us to have really bright beers and, you know, great microcarbonation, small bubbles in the beer, which we love. And then our other, I like to say toy, but serious piece of equipment is our Cody canning line. So all of our cans are filled under counter pressure, which is a big deal for us. Every big brewery in America fills everything counter pressure. So we feel that process should be repeated on the small scale as well. Um, which leads to, you know, better shelf stability for our beer and better shelf life for the beer. And it's just a responsible way to package. All right, so let's dig into the beer we're talking about today. You mentioned it earlier, Tyrannicide West Coast Absolutely. IPA, of course. So before we crack it open, talk to me about when you first brewed this beer, like how long have you been brewing it? And kind of bring me back to the, those early days of Tyrannicide. Sure. So. The first thing, if no one's ever heard of the beer before, tyrannicide's probably a weird word. <laughs> um, so the, the tyrannicide is really the story of 14 cannons. The tyrannicide was a ship that fought in the Revolutionary War. And Marshall's great, great, great uncle was actually the captain of this ship. So when the showroom concept was oh, from day one, what we were going to do, we were going to build this really bitchin' showroom in LA, but then trying to name it when we went, oh man, we have, we're actually going to have to come up with a beer brand because we got a bunch of big tanks behind me and we're going to have to sell this liquid. So right. now we need to start worrying about a brand. Like we had the, the vibe and the concept all worked out and we had no idea what we we're going to name it. And so we just kept going back to this. There's a, it's a cool story. There's a pirate in the family. Yeah. Like, and, and how do we do that without like I like to say, like without being cheesy Johnny Depp, right? You know, like we didn't want to be Pirates of the Caribbean. So without you know being cheesy Johnny Depp, how do we have this cool story? And we thought for a long time we'd be Tyrannicide Brewing Company because we're like it's a cool name. It means tyrant killer. You know, during the Revolutionary War, the tyrant was England. So the ship was cruising Boston Harbor, just taking out the British. And true story, it's great. And then we started shopping the name around a little bit. And we're like, Tyrannicide, is that like a T-Rex? Is that a dinosaur? Is it a pesticide? We're like, oh no, those are not things we want associated with beer that you're drinking. <laughs> so then one day we were just having a brainstorming session and like, it was just an aha moment. We are like, wait a second, how many like guns or you know cannons are on the ship? And the Tyrannicide was a 14 cannon gunship. So there you have it. There's the name of 14 cannons. And so from day one, we knew that Tyrannicide was going to be our flagship beer. So we're not going to name the brewing company after it. We'll go with 14 cannons. That can be cool. So we knew from day one that our flagship beer had to be called Tyrannicide. Mm -hmm. And so that story is on the can, you know, so it's a little, the can gets a little wordy on the size, cool. but you know, I enjoy you know sharing that story with everyone who drinks the beer did you know it was going to be an ipa at that point or did you have any thoughts on that yeah we hoped that our first flagship beer would be an ipa just we're in southern california mm -hmm. um we, we know it sells and as much as i would like it to be our pilsner because we love that beer we wanted to move and sell really well and one of the things with, like right about the time we were planning this is when 
YCH, uh, the hop company that we get most of our hops from, came out with the new cryo hop. That's where they cryogenically freeze hops and remove just the pure lupulin powder from the hops. And they are now making pellets out of just pure lupulin powder. So it removes 99% of the vegetative matter. It's just the most concentrated form of what gives hoppiness its flavor and aroma. And so I knew that that'd be really fun, this new product coming out on the market. When we were trying to come up with a recipe for a flagship IPA, we started playing with all the varieties of the cryo hops that were available. And we landed on this blend that is fantastic. And I've seen many other breweries use a blend very similar to this since we've rolled this out. So Tyrannicide is a blend of Simcoe, Mosaic, and Equinot. So Simcoe, Mosaic, obviously big buzzword hops. Everyone that's had a West Coast IPA has probably experienced those fantastic hops before. Right. Um, and then we were trying to come up with something that would make it a little more unique and not just like a mosaic fruit bomb or a Simcoe bomb. When we started blending some Equinot in it, that was like, whoa, this, this blend is fantastic. And again, all three of those are the cryo hop variety. And so we kind of doubled down on, hey, we're a new brewery. We're going to use this new product for our flagship beer. And I think the results, you know, speak for themselves. It's a very, very aromatic beer. And that's what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we pop this, this can in a second here, like my, the goal right away for Tranicide is as soon as you crack it, that you can smell it. Yeah. And a big part of the secret to that is the cryo hops that you use. How long ago was this, just for a frame of reference, when you were kind of playing with the hot, the cryo hop powder and developing this? Yeah, we, we've been brewing this beer for about three years now. We've been open for two and a half years. Okay. So we, we were definitely developing the recipe before we opened. Yeah. You know, are very happy with the current version of it. And obviously like any new startup brewery, we've gone through every iteration possible. <laughs> um, we, we've messed with the water profile we talked about earlier. And that's changed significantly. And I'm really happy with how that is given uh, fantastic aroma that the hops are playing with that. And the mouthfeel is where I want it to be. And then we've changed timings of everything of kettle additions, of dry hop additions, amounts of everything. There's a pretty steep learning curve going from just a 10 barrel batch to a 20 barrel batch yeah. uh, with this beer. So when we opened, we were just doing 10 barrel batches. And now behind me, you can see we have all 20 barrel fermenters. Part of the, the hard thing with brewing is it's not just, you can't just times everything by two, right? right? So coming up with the new ratio of the dry hop, especially in the 20 barrel fermenters took a lot of time. And again, we're stoked with how it is right now. Now that we're packaging it in cans, we're, we're really happy with it. So we've played with everything. Speaking of the cans themselves, so about how long ago did you guys start canning this? A little over a year ago. This was our first package. This is a year-round offering from us. Shout out to Nick Longo, our amazing graphic designer. There's a lot of subtleties on the can when you see it in person. There's some great artwork in the background of it that we're really you know, happy with. And just finding that bold green color was something that we wanted for Tyrannicide. The four pack toppers match when, when you buy it in a four pack. And it's now, you know, we refer to this as Tyrannicide green. So it has nice. its own color here at 14 Cannons. And then just the consistency of the vertical 14 Cannons logo, you know, the beer names, the descriptions, like that's gonna be the same on all the cans we put out, whether it's just got wacky artwork that's Call of Duty, or whether it's a Mexican blanket for a corsé, those design elements are really through composed, and that's something I never could have done on my own. So loved having you know working with a great graphic designer, and he's been with us since, from day one. So before we yeah. even opened, we knew that hey, if we're gonna do this, let's do this right. 
and let's not have it be some we don't want our branding to be hand drawn stuff i mean so we hired a pro from from day one and, and yeah. i think the results you know are really speak for themselves when you're here and check on the vibe and the branding totally yeah for a, a flagship ipa your core beer basically like this is just it's so solid it's so clean and it introduces you to what you're about to experience when you open it up you know like it isn't like it doesn't have crazy like marshmallow man dripping all over the place like this is like <laughs> you know what you're getting yourself into when you see this can and yeah like you said the subtle artwork that's in the background that you know guys you're just gonna have to pip, pick up some cans of this yourself in order to see it i'm ready to crack it open what about you let's do it yeah all right cool thirsty yeah Oh man, that nose. It was like jumping out at me yeah. as I was pouring. Right away. That's what we want is that big aroma right away. So walk me through it when you uh, when you put your nose to it. What are you getting? Man, you're getting a lot of that mosaic and Simcoe, obviously. But then that kind of nice little, almost like a spice that you get, like that spiciness on the back end of that aroma. That's that Equinot playing really well with huh. the two. Yeah, so we love that blend. It brings something that's not just a fruit bomb right? Like Simcoe can totally be. And right. Like You're looking at the clarity, I don't know, on the camera, how you can check that out. It's, you know, it's clear. You can see the, the nucleation throughout the beer. You can see the nice tight bubbles, the nice head on the beer. And then finally, we get to sip it, right? So. Yep. Cheers. Cheers, absolutely. Man. The dry finish is what we want in a West Coast beer. And my whole thing with that, that nice, dry, crisp, clean finish, not too bitter, is that it makes you want to take another sip. I, exactly. I was and, that, and that sells beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. This this beer goes down so smooth. Um, I mean, I say this all the time, but this beer really personifies balance. There, Thank like you. you said, it's not too bitter, but it's yeah. bitter enough that's like there's no doubt that what you're drinking is a very hop forward West Coast IPA. But it's not like burning at all. It's not really kind right. of really oversaturating your tongue in any way. Like it's really an enjoyable mouthfeel and, and just drinking experience with that bitterness. It's not that high, the 53 IBUs. And that's something that we did constantly test and change and tweak when we were coming up with the recipe. And, you know, we, we saw obviously, you know, the rise and the dominance of the hazy IPA, right? Here to stay. And one of the things I kept thinking about when coming up with this recipe is why this style? Why do people love the hazy style so, so much? You know, what, What's making this be the new king of IPA? And the thing I kept coming back to was, you know, they're not that bitter, and they're really, easy, you know, easy to drink. And so we intentionally drove down the bitterness of this beer quite a bit, actually, to try and make it palatable to all IPAs. And like you're saying, it's the balance on, you know, kind of that mosaic. It is it has such a signature flavor profile that when it's overused right. and not balanced properly in, in a nice blend that it goes really heavy on tropical fruit, which yeah. is great sometimes, you know? In some beers, it expresses itself really, really wonderfully. But here it's like, you restrain that element of mosaic in a way that like gives you the best parts of it, but doesn't go overboard, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's something that we, we do in the boil. So tweaking the flavor addition was big for, for this beer. Is One thing I want with all my beers is, a, I want it to be aromatic. I want, you know, like I said, when you crack that can, I want you to smell it. 
when the bartender's pouring it off the tap, I want you to be able to smell that your beer from across the bar. Mm -hmm. And and I think Tranicide does a good job of doing that. You know, I like to brew beers that you can smell. That's what I tell a lot of people. It, you know, aroma is huge for me. And so sticking in that line, we want it to taste how it smells. So coming up with the, the flavor additions to really complement the aroma was a large part of the recipe development for this. Yeah. You, know, you, you get that massive nose and then you do get the same on the back end of the beer when you drink it. And with West Coast IPA, obviously it's all about the hops, but from a grain perspective, there's a lot of different ways that you can go. Can you talk a little bit about what you do from, from a malt perspective here? Sure, yeah. So. The first thing with this beer that we haven't mentioned yet is the ABV. It is 7.5, which is on the higher end of a single IPA, but I think we like to tell people that's because we like to party. Yeah. So we, we keep it, we keep our flagship up there a little bit with the 7.5. And it is, it is just two row with a little bit of wheat. Okay. Um, and that's something we've tweaked quite a bit. When we first started brewing it, we were adding just a touch of caramel or some caramel in there to add some residual sweetness because it was so dry. And we've now taken that out uh, completely, and we're we're ha really happy with just you know quality two row base, and then another some wheat in there for some head retention and to lighten the body a little bit. Yeah, nice. Yeah, the the wheat aspect I think is an interesting touch too. Yeah, really nice drinking beer, and from a color perspective, it's just right where you want it to be. It's not too light. I, I come across West Coast IPAs that go all Pilsner malt and are like almost you know, see through like white. This has that really nice kind of bright gold. You know, it's not too orange. It doesn't lean too heavy on like the orange side. It's not too yellow. It's like really just a nice middle ground, solid bright gold, which is awesome to see. And like you said, the head retention is really nice on this beer as well. Aromatics just keep flowing out of it. Really nice. The mouthfeel too is, I mean, it goes down so smooth that, you know, in terms of how it's coating your mouth and kind of washing away, like, Sometimes these beers can get a little bit heavy in the mouth and sure, especially at seven five, yeah. Yeah, this one's really nice. So yeah, this is kind of like one of those beers that you can drink really any time of day. And and when you mentioned the ABV at seven five, like that's kind of like when I came up in beer in San Diego, it's like Ballast Point Sculpin, Stone IPA, like those were right, beers right. that were like in that seven, seven five range and Alpine Nelson and things like that that were just like to me that's a sweet spot. Like seven seven five is like where I want to be drinking an IPA. Um, sure. So I, I like that in this beer. Mm, good stuff, really, really good. And then from a yeast perspective, what are you using? Like what what do you think the effects are here? What are you getting out of it? Totally. So you were just talking about that mouthfeel and, and the finish and everything. And we did experiment with several different styles of yeast to be our house ale yeast when we were coming up with this recipe. And I can tell you that it's not your generic 001 Cal Ale yeast. So we went with something that is a little fruitier and a little more expressive. It's not a crazy yeast strain, but it's not your generic 001 that 400 brewers in San Diego are using for a good reason. It's great clean yeast. Cool, Nick. So if people want to pick up Tyrannicide IPA or really any of uh, 14 Cannon's beers, you know, I know buying beer right now is crazy and madness, but 
where can people get it? How's the best way to, for people to find these? Obviously the brewery, stop by if you're in the area. We're doing curbside pickup right now. We are also delivering. So if you're in our local delivery range, check out our website and we can deliver beer to your doorstep. And we are self-distributed, so we're really trying to stick to our Westlake area. So we're in the valley a little bit, Thousand Oaks for sure, all the way up to Santa Barbara. Our best accounts locally are Total Wine. So Thousand Oaks Total Wine, Woodland Hills Total Wine, Northridge Total Wine. They take great care of us. We're in all the same regional Whole Foods as well. So Total Wine and Whole Foods, if you're really looking for some fresh cans, they'll have them. And then other than that, yeah, when you come to the brewery and check us out, please. Yeah, nice. So if, if you're in the immediate area and you haven't been to 14 Cannons, like what are you waiting for? Like hit them up, order online, pick up some beer to go and mark that date in your calendar for when things open back up and we can visit them again. But if you're anywhere else in LA, you might have to travel a little bit or might have to seek this beer out. I'm here to tell you that it is 100% worth seeking out, not just this beer, but there's a bunch of really good beers that you guys are putting out. I'd say a personal favorite of mine in cans is Catorce, the Mexican lager. That's another really good one that I like. Sure. And then I'd call this my favorite beer in LA. And it's not just because you're on the patient Pilsner, but oh. when you guys can that, that'll be the day for me. But um, oh. I will continue coming and picking up that beer because literally my favorite beer in LA, I tell people that it's so good. Thanks. Yeah. We love so, it. Yeah. So guys, check out 14 Cannons, pick up those cans. Nick, thanks so much for joining today. Hey, thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers, man.